What I do is inconsequential. Why I do what I do is I get to shorten people's journeys every day. What I love about our hospitality industry is that it's our mission to make people feel cared for while on their journeys. Together, we'll explore what hospitality means in the built environment, in business, and in our daily lives. I'm Dan Ryan, and this is Defining Hospitality. Today's guest is an innovative problem solver. He's a leader and motivator who champions involvement. He has a progressive record of achievements with significant experience in global business strategy, brand management, hotel and restaurant operations. He is the president of hotels and restaurants at Sage Hospitality Group. Ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Delomo. Welcome, Daniel. Hi, Dan. Great to see you today. Well, it's even better for me to see you because I know that we were talking about Independent Lodging Congress and we did like a little promo about why you love that so much, but it was just really such like a little scratch. And <laughs> ever since we did that, I think it was in the fall, I've wanted to have you on for our bigger and deeper conversation. And it was just so good to see you at Alice uh, a week or two ago, and I'm glad we're finally here together. Yeah, it's great to be here with you too. And uh, you're too kind. I'm delighted to be here with you. Well, thank you so, so much. Um, I guess right off the bat, we'll talk about it. Like, so Sage is an incredible and growing um, hotel management company and hotel and restaurant management company. Um, you are at the helm. And I'm always so inspired by your enthusiasm and graciousness um, to preach the gospel of sage and not just sage but also like it's in your blood i you know i get the feeling that hospitality is in your blood i not even the feeling i just know it is so just to start it off like how do you define hospitality and then we can take it from there yeah hospitality then for me is really about enriching lives uh and in the world of sage um we 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 talk about um, enriching lives one experience at a time, um, which has been our guiding purpose for um, many, many years. And it's something that really I wake up every morning thinking about. Uh, uh, and, and when I think about enriching lives, it, it, it really is not just about our guests, but it certainly uh, is about our associates and, and enriching their lives and our uh, communities that we serve and, and making sure that we make a positive impact on, on them and uh, obviously enriching the lives of our uh, owner partners and our investors. And so, so it's a very, um, you know, it takes a village to um, really uh, bring uh, forth what we do every single day. And, 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 and the only way you can do that, at least in my mind, uh, when we talk about real, Genuine hospitality is by enriching lives. I think what strikes me in what you just said there is not just the guests who are walking through and having an experience. It's, I got the feeling that you're saying it's all of your stakeholders. Exactly. And, and I don't remember if it was in early January or late December, um, but you posted on LinkedIn that you'd been on a year-long listening tour to check in and learn with how you guys at Sage can improve. And I assume you were mostly talking to your team. I'm sure you, if you were encountering guests, you'd talk to them too. But doing a year-long listening tour with your stakeholders, I and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but a majority of them were, were internal Sage yes, team members. That's okay. right. So like you also said, I think in that post, um, something about if it was heartwarming, inspiring, and funny. So like a year long, we were just talking about reflective listening and just how you have to be so open because it's not just what's being said in the body language, it's it's what you feel when they're talking. So after a year of listening, what were your biggest takeaways? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, first, first of all, uh, I'll, I'll tell you that um, spending time with our teams is my absolute favorite thing to do because there's there's no way... Um, to get a better sense of how your culture is alive and kicking um, other than spending time while you're uh, in, in, in their 
respective homes, which are their hotels away from home. And so, um, you know, I started this listening tour. Uh, I kicked it off by sort of sharing that commitment during our Sage Leadership Festival, which is our annual conference for all of our leaders across the uh, entire organization. Uh, it's about 150 or so. And you just uh, wrapped one up really recently, right? We did. So, oh, yeah. did you share your takeaway from the from We the did. Listening? Oh, okay. So I, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, 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 no. I'm no, connecting no. the dots. No, no. Okay, so, so exactly a year ago, um, I basically made a commitment on stage that was all about, listen, ultimately, I'm here to serve you. Servant leadership is really important to me. And everyone, all of our 178 people that work in our home office here in Denver are here to serve every single one of you or leaders, general managers in our hotels and restaurants and your teams. And the best way for me to uh, translate what your needs are, are to ensure that I capture um, what you and your teams are looking for in terms of better support, in terms of better tools, systems. Um, and, and so I committed uh, on stage a year ago that I was going to spend time with each and every single one of our general managers um, doing this past year, which I did. And so it basically um, was a great excuse to go out and spend time with, uh, with, with, with each one of them. And in some cases, it was a one-on-one -on -one conversation. In other cases, it was a luncheon. Uh, in some cases, it was a dinner. In some cases, it was a cocktail. It was anywhere between one to five or six of the leaders uh, and myself that got together. And, 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 and here's a couple of the key themes uh, that came back then. One is um, culture is so essential um, to us. And anything that you... Uh, in the headquarters can do to strengthen that culture, to, um, you know, to continue to provide us with support so we can be cultural ambassadors for our respective teams is critical. And, and so we just completed our uh, annual belonging survey. Um, we, our, our culture uh, theme is you belong. So, so we, we ultimately, and, and we sort of reiterate that to, to uh, all of our team members, no matter, no matter what level, that we want to make sure that they generally feel like they belong um, to this great, great family. And so we, we had this uh, annual belonging survey that we completed. Um, we, we had the highest engagement scores ever. We just got the scores back last month, a 79% engagement score across all of our uh, or entire portfolio hotels and restaurants, um, uh, very, very strong NPS net promoter score and EPS emotional promoter score, uh, which is really about the sentiments of how people feel about Sage when they think about, you know, being part, part of, of, of Sage and, you know, words like love and, and, and belonging came up. So, so one big bit, and I'll stop here because I, it feels like I haven't taken a breath here, but it was all about, Culture is essential and is, is one of the main reasons why we're here. Uh, help us bring the culture to, to life and nurture it um, because we believe that that's really what helps us make the competition irrelevant. I love that, especially on all the words that came back. Um, did you happen to do like a, a word map or a heat map of the words that came back yes. and have it? Wow. So love and belonging were the biggest words yes. that came back to you? Correct. Wow. Yes. And it, and, it, and it was, again, you know, when you see words like love being repeated multiple times and, and it shows up, like you said, on this heat map, um, we had, we have 6,000, about 6,000 associates across the company. Um, we had a 64% uh, survey take rate, which is above average, um, you know, uh, across, across the industry. And, and, um, you know, there were um, so about 4,500 people or so that, that, that participated in the survey. And so to see, you know, tons of people basically mention some of these big, big sentiments, share these, 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 these feelings with us was, was very empowering and, 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 and frankly uh, humbling, right? Is, is, is people are seeking um, a, a place where they feel that they um, are, are genuinely uh, appreciated as humans and then also are respected as professionals and are given the opportunity to learn and grow, right? Which ultimately, you know, 
I think many years ago, uh, uh, one one of one of the leaders that I used to work with told me. He said, "Look, there, uh, the company only owes uh, associates two things: a paycheck and an honest conversation." And 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 I think while that was probably true in the '80s and the '90s, to me, I think that an organization today really owes to its associates to create an, a, an environment where they feel like they're uh, literally, where they feel like they belong and where they are rewarded appropriately, uh, commensurately to their um, um, you know, impact on, on, on the overall organization and the business and where they're being developed. Um, so that again, uh, this is one of the industries where you, know, you can literally start in the kitchen and end up um, basically running the company. And so that to me, is, is really um, part of this whole notion of enriching people's lives and making sure that they belong. I'm so glad you shared the starting in the kitchen and then run the company because I think more so than any other industry, and I, I don't have data to support this, but I know that there's only so many C-level positions at any company, but to hear so many stories in hospitality where you know, you do work in the kitchen, you work as a bellman, you hear these stories and they, they work their way up to be a CEO or COO or very, very, very quickly, typically too, because the people that do that tend to be on the younger side as well. And I think what's really interesting about how um, our industry really got eviscerated during the COVID pandemic um, with respect to layoffs and everything else, and now how hard it is to get people to come back, to attract people to hospitality, I think a, that culture that you're talking about is extremely critical. But once they're in, I think people need to really realize that the career path from where you start to the highest levels of management is so steep right now. And I would say maybe even steeper um, than most other industries. And I wanted to take your bird's eye view on that. Like, do you agree with that statement? I don't have data to back it up. It's just from anecdotal stories that I've and conversations that I've been having. Yeah, I, I completely agree. There, I, I, I've, um, I guess, been uh, very fortunate in that my entire career has been within um, the hospitality industry. I couldn't imagine being anywhere else. And, and, and I started out in the kitchen as well when I was uh, going to college. And, and it was a really and you're so young. <laughs> See, you're so yeah. young. You made it there so quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thank thank you. And 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 but look, the, the hard work in the kitchen, um, working, you know, 12, 14, 16 hours teaches you so so much and allows you to appreciate, you know, all of the various steps that you take in this um, you know, career path that people can 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 have in the industry. Whereas I think other industry perhaps don't necessarily have that um, upward. Uh, growth potential. And, and here's the way that I think about this, Dan, which is, if you have um, intellectual curiosity, which I think is, is critical in order to grow um, in, in any organization, but certainly ours, and, and you, um, your values are aligned with the values of the organization, and, and you feel um, like there is a good backbone, a foundation of people around you, both leaders and, and peers and, 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 and other folks that you work with, that because of the culture are setting up this foundation for growth for you and others, um, I think that allows for people to, um, to, to, to grow very, very quickly. And, and, and what I love, I've always been a fan of a um, sort of a, 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 a non um, lateral career path. And what, what, what I mean by that is um, so, sometimes people may think that, you know, you need to be um, a, you need to have worked as a general manager uh, or you need to have worked in operations in order to be a general manager of a hotel. Well, we just, uh, I think about 18 months ago or so, uh, promoted one of our um, food and beverage leaders in the headquarters that had never run a hotel we promoted him to uh, become a general manager, first time general manager of a big 
hotel that we have in uh, Napa, and he's doing incredible. We took a, um, a director of sales and um, marketing in one of our hotels here in, in Denver, and we gave her the opportunity uh, in the midst of COVID to step up and become a first-time GM in that, in, that, um, in that hotel. And she was just chosen uh, out of 940 nominations. Um, she was one of 40 GMs to watch um, and by by hotel business, and and so you know, I, I think again, you you it, it's 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 one of my favorite things is to see people grow uh, in in the in the industry, provided that you ultimately, and that's where we come in as leaders, you provide a platform, foundational culture that allows them to grow and grow, and but also in line with their, um, frankly, with their with their life um, needs, right? Finding the right work life presence. Um, I, a lot of people talk about work-life balance. I think work-life presence is another interesting notion, and that um, you know that 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 sort of changes over time depending on where you are in your life cycle. Tell me more about work-life presence. I've heard balance, but I haven't actually heard presence. Can you just give us a little high level on that one? Yeah. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm a child of the eighties. I was born in this, in the seventies. And, and so I remember, and you'll appreciate this too, right? Um, I was, I was taught that, you know, you show up at work before your boss. If he shows up at seven 30, you're going to be there at six 30 or seven. And you leave when all of the bosses are gone no matter how late that is. And you do that and you repeat that and you don't ask any questions. Um, and so there was a lot on, on, the, on the works side, there was a lot of hours that at least um, originally, uh, a, a lot of my peers and I thought were essential to just put in. Whereas today, if I think of um, uh, work, I really don't care how many hours people work what i what i care about is how do you spend those hours um and 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 ultimately how do you enrich lives that's that's the first question uh, uh, you know do you feel that after however many hours you spent you know th what's the metric of how many lives do you believe have you enriched and that might if might be as simple as you know, helping somebody out with, um, and whether that's in your personal life or in your professional life with something that they're struggling with or smiling to someone that you don't know. And, um, you know, th th those, those things are, are to me real tangible metrics that can tie back to um, sort of this, how you en en enrich lives. So, so again, that, that's just, I think, an example of, of how you can bring this work presence to life is whenever you are there just like you and i are here together i feel you are you know 110 percent present with me um and 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 that makes a big difference and on the on the on the personal side um you know when when, when i think about you know whatever you're you're spending time with with your family your friends um it, it's it's perhaps less about being there 24 seven, but the little time that, or, or whatever time you spend with your loved ones, think about, are, are, am I making a difference? And is there, mm -hmm. it, what impact am I enriching their lives? And if so, you know, what, it, what does it mean to them? And so, so that is to me, the difference between work-life balance, because I think that's a misnomer. There's always going to be times when you're going to spend perhaps more time on one part versus the other. But it's the presence uh, and the quality of the time, I think, that can make a big difference. That's beautiful. Because oftentimes, I'm sure we're all guilty of it. We're, we're there doing the, the actions that we need to, to do, but we might be thinking about what's next or what did we do before or where are we going? But to be truly present, which is something I think we all struggle with, but the more that we can be present and mindful for right now, I think that it it does have a multiplying effect with those people who we are trying to impact. So I, I really like that work-life presence, but that didn't come from the seventies or eighties. Did you coin yes. that? No, no, no. So this work-life presence, I literally, um, I was introduced to this uh, uh, earlier this year, um, or actually late, late last year. Um, and I, I found it so powerful because 
for many, many years, right? Everybody has been talking about work-life balance, work-life balance. Um, but, but this thinking, changing yeah. your mindset to, um, you know, trying to find balance is so complicated, but, but just think about what does it mean to be present? Totally. Uh, and how do you feel when somebody is present with you? Um, because they surely can feel if you're present with them, whether it's doing your one-on-one meetings with them as an example at work, uh, or whether it's with, you know, with, with, with your loved ones. We were talking about this earlier where um, in all these conversations, if anyone has a podcast or is thinking about it, it's both invigorating and exhausting because I can think of no other form of communication where there's two people speaking, maybe a therapy session, but I I don't consider this therapy, but we're speaking and looking and listening to each other for more than an hour or more uninterrupted. That's not like when you go to a restaurant and they're saying, would you like still or sparkling? What kind of wine? Like, it's just a very unusual place to be. And I think that might be why I'm so drawn to, to this mode of communication, because it doesn't really happen that many other places in, in my life. Um, do you find that the same? Yeah, I'm smiling because I just came back from the Alice conference as you did as well. And um, um I, I held a, a private um, event on a rooftop at um, Hotel Perla. And um, I was just going through my mind of the various meetings I had. And, 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 and um, I'm not going to lie, there were a couple of meetings that, that felt um, sort of, I'd say, void of, um, uh, not just void of feelings, but, but void of any meaningful um, deeper connection mm-hmm. um and and so uh i i invited it was an hour and a half or two hour cocktail I, I i said if for those of you who haven't had a chance to have at least one meaningful deeper conversation that leads perhaps to a, to a new connection um with someone that 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 you may be very surprised with uh this might be a good opportunity for you to do so and and so I, I find myself drawn more and more than to fewer conversations. It's, 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 it's think about, you know, you go to a, a, a cocktail at Alice where there's 500 people. I remember in the past, I would walk around and I felt just by nature of, you know, how superiors would, would, would act because that was just the thing to do. I, I felt compelled to basically touch as many people as I could, right? And it was about volume. Today, it's very different. Today, the, the, the interactions that I seek and the connections and the conversations, I think this is my first uh, podcast conversation in, in, I think, over a year because I, I choose um, very, very uh, carefully who I want to spend time with and, and, and ultimately, what, what am I doing in this interaction to create a um, a greater impact, ultimately, you know, uh, living living my values and my purpose. So, hearing that, you know, non-surface kind of diving a bit deeper, I want to go back to the word map of this idea of love and belonging because I think, like, when I hear those words, it makes me feel warm, right? And so much of this, I talk about hospitality and what hospitality is. It, it's really about that feeling. And as you guys hire and grow, you know, you hear Danny Meyer and his, um, what's it called? His H hospitality quotient or something like that about how he attracts screens and hires people because you can teach skills, but you can't necessarily teach that warmth. Yep. How are, as you guys are growing and I want to get back into the growth story. Well, I want to get to the growth story after we talk about this, but as you grow, how do you guys attract and retain attract hire and retain those people who where, where love and belonging resonates most with yeah it, it to me it starts with ensuring that whomever uh is part of our organization today feels like again they are um uh respected cared that they're given an opportunity to grow um that they are you know, recognize that they're celebrated, 
um, because because it's it's always harder to um, attract than retain, and and we've we've had um, you know great um, fortune in that the nucleus of the organization uh, is a, is a is a very tenured um, nucleus, and it's people that are um, just sort of sage lovers to the core um, because you know they, they they generally and rightfully so believe that this is their organization and and there's no no other organization that would be able to to understand and appreciate them the way that they are so so that then then uh, translates into uh, if if you have the right people to begin with to me they become um, the attraction um, to others that are um, perhaps not like-minded people, but certainly like-hearted um, people, right? And so, you, you know, we, we, if, if we can create a, a, an organization where you have diversity of thought, and so, you know, different minds, but you have this confluence of like-hearted people, um, to me, that is a great attraction point. And, and you then couple that with, you know, sort of, um, you know, a, a great Glassdoor rating, which a lot of sort of line level associates will look at and, and compare and contrast. Um, you know, we 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 also think that creating a um, you know a, a, a environment um, from a competitive benchmarking uh, comp and, and benefit standpoint that all of that uh, are good tools. That will uh, help, you know. For instance, last year I, I went on on the news to talk about our four-day week work week. We introduced as a as a beta test a four-day work week pilot here in in Denver, and it's it's been going tremendously well. It's an option for people that um, you know prefer to 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 work whether you're a uh, associate or a manager. Um, you you can work four days and you can spend. Your, your, you can take all of your hours and you can you accumulate it over over four day uh, work week. You can even mix and match, meaning you know one week you you decide not to do that. Another week, you have to take a Wednesday off and you go um, because because your family matters again. You know, uh, uh, life presence. Yeah. So 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 all of that I think com- all of that combined with with a great reputation and ultimately, to me that the 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 best. The best thing is always um, if if you have someone that is interested in joining your organization, and they call up somebody else that may know of Sage or will have worked with Sage. What are they going to say? And 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 my greatest desire is they not only say, "Oh yeah, Sage is a good company. They're growing. They're they're doing really really innovative stuff." That's all nice. What I really would love them to say is, "I love Sage. I worked there." And I can't wait to go back. Um, and and they're exactly the embodiment of my values, my philosophy, and I feel at home. Wow, um, it is true because the team that works there is often the best attractor, right? Because they're they have this halo effect in their network, and then really people ask. And then when people say what it's like to work there. And I get this feeling from people I've talked to from Sage. It you just do get the feeling that it, it there's there's something different, um, and so I appreciate that. And I get it when I talk to you as well. I mean, it's uh, if things if, if apples don't fall far from the trees, right? I, <laughs> I think that you're a, a a great testament to that. You you mentioned growth. I wanted to get into um, growth. How many how many properties were you managing before the pandemic to now? We were managing about, um, I would say about 65 hotels um, and about 25 restaurants and and bars. Um, But before the pandemic, this organization had already started, Sage had already started to evolve its business to um, really, move towards the vision that we've now um, shared with, with, with all of our leaders literally a couple of weeks ago at the Leadership Festival Conference, which, which is um, uh, to become America's favorite lifestyle hospitality company. That's our vision. That's what we're focused on. And so uh, 
before 19, um, there were a couple of hotels that were part of the portfolio that didn't really fit um, the lifestyle segment. Mm -hmm. And so we um, strategically actually um, exited from those uh, properties. And over the course of the last three years, um, while we exited about um, 10 um, hotels that were not core to our strategy, we added um, essentially about 45 um, hotels and restaurants and bars and entertainment venues all within the lifestyle hospitality space. And so today we have yeah 110 uh, hotels, restaurants, and entertainment venues. And uh, more than 85% of that entire portfolio is now on brand, on strategy with lifestyle. Um, and, and, and so the reason why that was important then is because obviously there's been a lot of merger and acquisition and consolidation activity that's happened over the last couple of years. Um, uh, you, you know that very well. But then the reality is, you know, from a strategy standpoint, do you take a volume approach or do you take a niche approach? And there's, there's benefits to both. And, and we chose um, to take the niche approach and to really be focused because that then allows us to um, attract talent that wants to really um, work, not only work in the lifestyle and luxury space, but also wants to have a career path in that. And, and obviously, if it's an organization uh, like Sage that is growing, uh, that then creates momentum. Momentum begets momentum, and it, it, it attracts the right type of people uh, that then join the organization. And that sort of becomes a, uh, an, an, an upward um, cycle that, that, um, you know, that, that people feel. And, and what you've mentioned about you know, speaking with other people across uh, Sage, that momentum, that energy that is very palpable and tangible, and you could just feel that, right? And, and so there, mm -hmm. there's something about, you can't really say, you can't really put your fingers on it, but you're like, oh, there, there's something happening here. I want to know more. And that has attracted people that, that frankly, perhaps five years ago would have never thought of joining us, whether that's at the, at the hotel or restaurant level or at the headquarter level. Yeah. So to hear that, focusing on that independent lifestyle, um property but also really end user or guest um and really honing in and focusing in on that it reminds me of you know there's so many different every kind of company has all different kinds of goals right and i read this book i wish i read it earlier in my entrepreneurial journey um it's called um small giants or little giants by a guy named bo burlingame hmm. but it took all these different case studies from restaurants to recording studios to manufacturing companies where they decided at the expense of growth or, or tremendous growth to really focus in on what they were best at who their target customer was but also the people that they wanted to attract and i just am always inspired by look everyone you get into business everyone wants to scale and become like ginormous and huge but it's, it takes a lot of guts to really stay committed to your values and deliver to your end customer and select your end customer and your other partners and stakeholders to really deliver on that. So I, I really, I commend you on staying true to that, which I think would bring up another um, topic, which I'm also really intrigued by. Um, and you guys, I, I forget what exactly what the, the title is, but like a, a founding member or supporter of Curator. Yes, that's correct. Right? Because again, that platform is so incredible for that independent lifestyle hotel. And you guys championing that is really awesome also, along with your other, I guess you would say, in some cases, competitors, but you're really, you're really trying to deliver so much to that independent lifestyle community. It's it's so funny, you know, um, uh, again, this is why I, I love this industry so much. If I think of, of, of my competitors, um, these are amazing people. I have so much respect for all of them. Um, we learn from one another, we share uh, best practices with one another, you know, we have drinks, uh, together we, we we have deep and meaningful connections um, and 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 curator is a platform that that basically brought 
several of us um, together, and it's just allowed us to um, think about where, where is this industry going and how can we help these independent hotels that are basically fighting the fight, the street fight, so hard every single day and have to do it on their own. How can we support them um, with an infrastructure that they don't have that we jointly um, with, with, uh, with Pebblebrook as the, as the main founder and creator of, of, of uh, Curator um, are able to, to provide them and, and with, with then meaningful um, return on investment. And so, you know, I, th I think that is, 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 is again, talking about enriching lives, right? We're, we're, we're trying to help people beyond um, you know, our, our organization, same thing with ESG. So, so, you know, we, we've, we are in the process of um, creating our 15 year ESG plan. Um, not because we have to, because we're not a publicly traded company, but because it's the right thing to do. And we've been very involved in uh, social responsibility for many, many years. We've been very involved and very focused on the environmental side. But, but again, to me, ESG is not something that should be competitive in nature. The more we can share with others what we're learning, how we're failing, um, how others are learning and, and, and what they would recommend we do or not do, uh, to me, all of that is in the context of making the world a better place. Um, totally. And so, yeah, it, it's it, that that's that's critical. Now, having said that, I'm fiercely competitive, and to me, um, I, I I think about the notion of how do we make the competition irrelevant, right? <laughs> because that that's a big emphasis of of, and it's not about volume; it's quality. And and what we do, we say more no to opportunities than yes, because we we're so acutely focused. Um, but but the competitive spirit is there and it's fierce, but that doesn't mean that you can't um, really collaborate and truly respect um, people are, are in the industry because they have so much to bring to the table. And all of us together can really make a meaningful impact uh, in this industry and in, uh, in this world. Especially, I love how you said sharing your failures, because in an, in an ESG plan, one of the things that, depending on whether it's environmental or social governance, wherever you're looking, if you're if you really are measuring it, okay, yeah, we're doing so well up here. But then if you see where it's like, oof, these two points are not so great down here. It's amazing because when you measure it, you can be like, let's focus in on those two things and let's bring it up. And to be in a community where you can share those failures. And again, you talk about a steeper curve to improvement. Um, that That's so impactful. Um, and I think it will shorten everyone's journey towards, you know, I could call it that Star Trek future, but that place where, you know, we're all better for it. Yep. Yeah. And and there should not be, I think, in, in my humble opinion, nobody should be out competing the other in terms of what is better for um, the community, what is better for the world. Um, and and we should all be working together. And 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 again, I'm um, I'm a proud. Um, member of the board of trustees of a the HNLA Foundation, uh, again, because I think that foundation has done um, such a significant, um, uh, has had such a significant impact uh, on, you know, underprivileged communities, on, on really fostering ways to help um, people come into the industry um, that otherwise wouldn't have had an opportunity, and so it provides tons of resources um, to to our to our industry. And so again, I, I think by working and collaborating together, we can make a huge impact. I totally agree. And you know, looking at the arc of our conversation from you know the listening tour to really kind of focusing in on your your guests and all of your stakeholders and just kind of this idea of sharing and 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 surrounding yourselves with people who are committed to that deeper experience what's exciting you most about what you see in the future for our, for yourself for our industry you pick hmm. well I, I was gonna say um, um, one thing that that came to mind, which which um, goes back to this whole notion of work life presence, is what what really excites me is that we have an opportunity to tap um, deeper into the psyche and the emotions of people. 
you know, um, in the hearts versus just purely the minds. And, and, and to give you an example of how meaningful this work-life presence exercise has, has evolved and transformed how we work here at SAGE, um, during our executive leadership team meetings, Dan, um, we always start with a meditation. Uh, it's a five-minute focused meditation. And, and it, it frankly, imagine there's 12 people that come in from all of the various disciplines. Uh, and everybody is running around with a thousand things in their minds. And before, before we meditate it, it would be very hard to actually keep people focused, whether it was an hour and a half or two hours or whatever, the, however long the meeting was. And now, suddenly, even with something that simple, and, and, and I'm a novice, I don't, I don't know anything about meditation, but I've, I've, I can tell I, that every time I, I do it, something good happens. And, and now it's having an impact on the, the strength and the power of the dialogue. And that then leads to, which is what I'm really excited about is, I think the power to unlock the potential of, of, of people is all within us by um, being truly more connected with um, what people's uh, needs are, what people's desires are, what really being um, understanding of, of, of what each and every single person that we touch what what their needs are in their present life because that's then allows you as a leader to basically find a way where everybody contributes to the greater good and so i think with sage we're on an incredible track um on um and and we've made significant strides to achieve our our vision uh, of becoming America's favorite lifestyle hospitality company, and 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 that's just going to continue to move forward. But that doesn't that doesn't happen without people generally being on board. Not just the, the financials and the compensation and the incentives, because when you do well, you get great bonus payouts and you get promotions and all that. That's all good and well. But what you really want is you want you want people to feel like they belong to something that is going to be so special in the making, uh, and so that excites me is is jointly creating something that hasn't happened before, uh, particularly in an organization that has been around for almost forty years. And how do you know when you become? America's favorite lifestyle hospitality company. Like what are the measures, like what does success look like yeah. for you there? Because, you know, I'd already say you're in that arena, right? As far as looking at your portfolio and just all the people that I know that have worked there, you're in good company. How do you know when you, when you become the favorite? Yeah. it's it, So to me, if I think about my key stakeholders, it would be our associates basically giving us you know, the highest possible score in our belonging survey and seeing the highest engagement um, uh, scores, it would be our guests uh, um, consistently naming us best in class um, across, you know, um, you know, competitive or relative restaurants and hotels. It would be our owner partners always choosing Sage for the right relevant opportunity for us um, to manage their assets or co-invest with them on the right uh, assets, whether that's again, hotels or standalone restaurants. Uh, and it would be communities that would um, basically look at Sage as the preferred and frankly favorite um, partner to have in their backyard because they know that um, we, genuinely care about um, everyone that um, is part of that community. And we want to do whatever we can to enrich their lives. Those are five amazing pillars. Wow. Thank you for sharing. How are you, how are you aligning all of your stakeholders to be rowing in that direction? Like how, how do you, how do you get that message as a CEO to, to all of them? Yeah, it's, it's it's so so two two things. One, I forgot to mention earlier on that that um, uh, I, I've shared this book with all of our leaders. It's called Winning on Purpose. Winning on Purpose was written by Fred Reichelt, 
who was the original creator of the Net Promoter Score, NPS, which is so famous. Oh, yeah. And he said, listen, I got it all wrong because um, uh, while NPS is, 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 is a good measure, it's not the best measure. The best measure is um, all about how are you enriching lives? And that's why he's evolving sort of this whole notion of Net Promoter Score to Net Lives Enriched. Uh, and so the first, um, the, the, the first part um, answer to your question is, um, I provided every single um, leader in organization the opportunity to read Winning on Purpose. I said, listen, I'm not going to force you because some people like to read, other people like to just listen to books. If you're interested, I'll send you a, 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 a book. And, and most people actually um, uh, took me up on that. So sharing the foundation and framework of how we take sort of what feels very esoteric to something that is very tangible and is driven by someone like Fred Reicheld, who essentially created one of the most, I'd say, um, successful and foundational success metrics as is uh, NPS, and he sort of evolved it. And so that, that's one. The second um, part of the, of the answer is that we've created a five-year strategic plan um, that essentially um, is being communicated to all of the key stakeholders, our board, our leadership, um, our associates, our communities, our investor partners, so that everybody knows this is our focus. This is how we intend to get there. And this is what we're going to do in order to get there. And so, um, you know, that to me, it's a combination of um, some external great insights from Fred and Winning on Purpose, combined with um, what, what I think is a, is a, is a well-articulated, well-crafted long-term plan to ensure that we stay the course and that every year builds on the previous. Mm. Um, for those of you who don't know the NPS, you may not know what it means, but I know you've come across one where you get, you have an experience of renting a car, staying at a hotel, going to a restaurant. How would you rate our service on a scale of one to 10? So the net promoter score is if you, I think it's an eight, nine, or 10. If you do an it's eight, nine, or 10. Nine or 10, actually. Oh, it's only a nine or 10. Nine okay. or 10, yeah. Well, it's a nine or 10. The The odds are that you're going to become a, quote, raving fan, and you're going to go out and spread. You you become the best marketing for whatever that business was, right? Because you're out saying, oh, I had such a great experience. Um, and then I guess that would mean a six, seven, eight, or maybe just a seven, eight would be neutral. You don't say anything. It just, it is what it is. And anything below six or below maybe is a detractor, a net detractor. Um, so you're going to be bitching about that airline that lost your baggage and blah, blah, blah. You're going to be detracting from the business. So it, it's a path to, it's a simple path to developing raving fans. I haven't read the uh, winning on purpose by Fred Reichelt. And I've read so much of this, I call it business porn. So I'm actually really excited to. to I'll send you a up. book. I'll send you a um, copy. That's oh, all. Thank you. Yes. That would be amazing. Just as far as teasing me on it, does Fred, when Fred Reichelt, it, I guess in his forward or whatever he would do at the beginning of his book, does he admit folly with NPS or? Yes. Oh, oh wow. Really? Yes. Yes. Um, and, and that's what I really enjoyed about Fred's book, which is he admits that NPS, while a good measure, a business measure, mm -hmm. what, it, what it really omitted is what we've been talking about for the last hour, which is ultimately the companies can only grow and, 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 and stay in business uh, even if they realize, once they realize that it is all about enriching lives, and that everything that they do, because everything communicates and, and, and you know, it goes across every single aspect of the business. Once you realize that, you will be on a path um, that will be a, a, a remarkable, um, you know, growth story with a, with a great growth curve. Because he points out that, um, you know, in, in, in his prior world with MPS, there are many companies that looked great on paper financially from a uh, raving fan standpoint, but ultimately the culture was uh, flawed. And ultimately, you know, the, the, the customers didn't feel 
like anybody cared about them. And so, you know, it, it, it's, it, it, you know, a great example of that is um, when you call um, a company and, and you have to, you, you have to basically um, uh, dial zero 10 times or, or, or press zero 10 times in order to get to somebody that is a human that is going to take care of you. Uh, that, that's a good example of, of an erosion of, of that, of that trust and, and, and basically the opposite impact of, of sort of enriching lives, right. And detracting from, from what really matters, which is, you know, helping your, your helping those people that you serve um, in, in your organization. So, so I think it's transformational and, and, and it's, I, I think it's a, it's an incredible read for anyone that is interested in, in sort of the next, to me, the next chapter in business and certainly in hospitality, which is, you know, winning on purpose. I sound like a. I sound like I have the commission on on the sale of the no, book, but I'm a I'm a, I'm a huge well, fan. Hey, it it all goes down to that love and belonging and that hospitality quotient, and it's that intangible that it's you know it when you see it or you know it when you feel it, right? Yep. The work life presence. As as you were talking, I typed in worklifepresence.com. I don't think I've ever heard that anywhere. So, but but before this airs. <laughs> Can you please buy that URL? And I want you to write a book. Okay. If you, if, if you can help me with that, because I think you have all of the expertise and skills then to do so. So I'd love uh, to do that with, with you in your spare time, of course. Yeah. So much spare time. Um, Daniel, this has just been a, an incredible conversation that I've been so excited to have so I just want to say thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I enjoyed every moment of it. And I hope to uh, see you very, very soon so we can continue the dialogue in a uh, meaningful dialogues matter. And um, I always feel that when I see you. So thank you. Thank you so much. And if, if people wanted to learn more about you or Sage or a career at Sage, uh, what's the best way to learn more? Absolutely. My um, email address is daniel.delomo at sagehospitality.com. Wonderful. Um, and we'll, I'll put your LinkedIn up there on the company website as well. And I also, after thanking you for your time, because I know how busy you are and you're about to have a wonderful baby um, coming into this world, which I'm really excited for you thank for. You. Um, I want to thank our listeners because, again, we keep growing every single week and i love doing this but it's really like all of the new listeners and interactions that kind of put some extra wind in my sails to keep doing it because i could do this all day but it, it's just very nice and wonderful and reassuring um that this is impacting others as as you were saying before daniel so i just want to thank all the listeners and please um if this changed your idea on hospitality what it means to you how to deliver it please pass it along. Thank you so much.